right, guys, um, everybody, please welcome Rebecca to the stage as she's going to preach our sermon tonight. Yeah. Hi, Jemima. If you guys didn't know, Dayton's daughter's name is Jemima, not Jemiah. If you've heard Jemiah, it's wrong. It's obviously Jemima. How are you guys doing? Wow. You must be doing absolutely terrible because none of you responded. How are you guys doing tonight? Thanks, Emily. I like your enthusiasm. We can be buddies here. Are you guys ready to continue our series in Philippians? Okay, Kaylee is. Anyone else ready? Oh, other Kaylee. There we go. Kaylee squared here. All right. If you are a title person, I'm just going to give you my title now. Our title tonight for the message is Like Christ, and I promise it's going to make sense as we go. But I would like to just recap really quickly last week's message that was preached by Brandon. A couple of the points that really struck home to me that kind of just build off of what we're going to be talking about tonight is being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven means standing together a very strong point. What does that mean? What does it look like to stand together as Christ followers? And tonight we're going to be building off of that just a little bit. And another thing that I took away from last week was um, when you know and understand your identity as a Christ, as a citizen of heaven or a Christ follower, how we live our lives should change. And that really comes into our message tonight of like Christ. And you're like, hmm, that's an interesting title. The whole point of the title is that we should live our lives like Christ did. It says in scripture that we should be like Christ and take after his um, example. So we're going to be in Philippians 2 verses 1 through 11 tonight. And I don't know about you guys, but the last couple weeks have been kind of heavy. If you guys have been here the last couple weeks, you would probably be like, man, The messages have been heavy. You guys agree to that? Yeah, some of you guys. I felt that it's been really heavy. And luckily for you guys, it's not that way tonight. It is light and fluffy. Well, I think it's light and fluffy. It might strike some of you guys as deep and heavy, but it's not intended that way. So through Philippians, this is a letter written by Paul. Who wants a friend like Paul? I want a friend like Paul. He's the author of... I heard you. He's the author of the book of Philippians. He is the one writing to the church of Philippi, and he's just saying, hey, this is how you should live your life. I love you. I'm going to challenge you. Who wants a friend like that? Who wants a friend who's like, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here to challenge you, to lift you up, to say, hey, that's not how you should live. You should probably change that. But I'm going to still walk alongside of you. Who wants a friend like that? Oh, good. This message is for you. There you go. So starting in verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? He's really questioning us here. Then make truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. So he starts off by going, are you guys like this? Are you guys, are you guys listening? 
Do you belong to the church? Are you fellowshipping together? Are you being compassionate to one another? Like, are you guys doing that? In the word, the Paul, Paul uses for the word comfort isn't like soothing, like being sympathetic. It's not like, oh, you're having a bad day. I'm going to come. I'm, I'll give you a hug. It's not that kind of comfort. The word that he's using means brave. So what he's saying is being in community with your fellow Christians brings comfort, which allows us to walk bravely or to be brave through life together. What does that even mean? Because when I think of comfort, I think of, oh, like comfort food. Who likes comfort food? If you're not raising your hand, there's got to be some sort of food in your life that you're like, when I'm having a bad day or I'm sad, I personally, me, Rebecca, mashed potatoes. Best comfort food in the world you can't prove me wrong. You just consume. <laughs> uh, this is wonderful. But that's what I think of when I think of comfort. I don't think, I don't think of like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm having a bad day, so I'm going to go eat a comfort food. I don't think of like, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to fight it. Because that's kind of what Paul's saying here. Is that when we live together, it's not, oh, we're going to, like, go hide in a corner and just, like, have, like, an emotional, like, breakdown and be like, I'm so sad. Life is so hard. No, he's using the word brave, which means I get to pick my friend. I'm looking at Ruth right now. She's, she helps me be brave in life. When I come to Ruth seeking comfort, yes, she gives me a hug. Ruth gives the best hugs, by the way. Everyone give Ruth a hug later. But she stops, and first, we pray. We pray together about the situation. But secondly, we establish, like, a plan to go, okay, how, how can we move forward in this? How can we not let the life circumstances keep us captive? But how can we be brave and move forward in that? And I don't know about you, but I'm way more, like, courageous in life when I'm with someone that brings me comfort. I can be more brave when I'm surrounded by people I'm comfortable with. Not like, if I'm like in a noose, I'm gonna use school as an example. You guys aren't the only ones going back to school this fall. I start school in like two weeks, guys. Thanks. Um, I'm doing online school, so this is a different circumstance. But. I moved a lot when I was a kid, so I've, I've been through many different schools, and I was not, I didn't allow myself to be my truest self going to a new school, because I wasn't around people that I knew. I wasn't comfortable, so I didn't allow myself to be brave, but once I made friends and found people that I was comfortable with, I could do things like I was a wrestler in high school. There's not a lot of girls when I was in high school that did that. That was a very brave thing for me to do. But when you're surrounded with people, when you're surrounded by people who make you comfortable, you can do things you probably would have never thought of doing. Because there's these whole movements in the world. And sorry, guys, I don't think that there's one for you guys, but you guys can correct me afterwards if I'm wrong. But there's the girls supporting girls movement. All about girls lifting up other girls, going in those like... Instagram comment sections being like, girl, you look so good. Or like, yes, queen, I see your guys' Instagrams. 
I see them. You guys might not follow me back, but I follow a lot of y'alls on Instagram. But even, I was, a, I was a teacher for the last couple of years, and there's a whole thing called Teachers Pay Teachers. And the whole idea of Teachers Pay Teachers is other teachers giving teachers different resources and supporting teachers because your teachers need more support than you guys think. I'm challenging you guys right here, right now. Make the movement of Christians helping Christians. I made a hashtag, y'all. You laugh. I looked it up. This isn't a hashtag yet. Yes, really. Christians help Christians. We're going to talk about that. We're going to dive in deeper on what this could look like. What does being in community look like with your fellow Christians? What does supporting each other as Christians look like? Jumping into verse 3, it says, don't be selfish. Do not try to impress others. I'm looking at all y'all. We do not live in a world to impress other people. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your, only for your interests, but in the interest of others too. In another translation, Paul says, let nothing be done in self-ambition. This is the first step of a kind of unity. To not think of everything for of your desire to achieve and your desire for promotion. Paul found it it was very important to say the word self-ambition. Because not all ambition in the world, not all the ambitions you're going to have is selfish. But some of it is. It's not all about being on the principles list or being the star basketball, football, volleyball player there is. It's not about being having all the blue ribbons in the world or having the spotlight constantly on you. It's not what this is about. And I know that we live in a world where it is about that. It's about having as many followers as you can on Instagram, having the most likes on TikTok, having the most reposts, being on the For You page, for somebody else. It's way more than that. We jump into verse 5 and it says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equal, equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of an enslaved person and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus sat at the right hand of the Father and chose to humble himself to walk on the same planet that we walk on today, to then die on the cross for us, a criminal's death, so that we can live in unity with not only him, but in unity with each other. Jesus was able to humble himself from the right hand, and that's important to think about. He had equality with God, and he chose to step away from that 
so that we can be a part of something so much bigger. It takes being humble. We all need to humble ourselves. We, that includes me. I'm not just picking on you guys. I need to be humble too. Here's some examples of Jesus, of how Jesus was humble. He was humble because he was born in an obscure, oppressed place. Do you guys know where Jesus was born? In a barn. Yes, a stable. He was born in a barn with animals. He was humble because he was born into poverty. He allowed himself to be in weakness, hunger, thirst, and tiredness. He experienced all these things. He experienced all the things that we experience here on earth. He was humble in his total obedience to the Heavenly Father. He was humble in his deaths, shame, mocking, and public humiliation. It's not just that Jesus died on the cross for us. He was humiliated in front of a crowd. He was mocked. I don't think any of us in this room is ever going to experience that. If you were here a couple weeks ago, you heard Kaylee talking about how in different parts of the world, Christians are dying for proclaiming their faith. There are parts in this world that this is totally illegal. This would not be hap- is not happening in different parts of the world. And people are dying for it. I think we are very privileged and for that, I think we can humble ourselves just a smidge more than some of the people that we see in the world. First Peter 3, 8 says, finally, all of you should be one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love one another as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. As believers, we are supposed to follow in Jesus' example. He gave up everything to walk on the earth, to live a perfect life, and to die for us. I don't know what the word humble sparks in your brain. But for me, it sparks what is a funny joke between me and my co-interns, but it means so much, it means something so much deeper. So when I was an intern, uh, Pastor Josh, you guys may or may not know who Pastor Josh is, he created a word. Well, he he changed the word humility, and he changed it into the word humbility. And it was a joke that when we would go and serve places, he would take pictures, and then it was a hashtag mopping selfies. And it was a joke, like, oh, look at the interns doing good work. But for me, it was so much deeper than that because I was allowing myself to serve those who are less fortunate than I did, than I am. I put myself in a position where I was serving the transient population, and for those who don't know what that means, it means the homeless, where I could give them a safe place to eat a hot meal, where they don't have to worry about cleaning up after themselves, if there's going to be enough food. And then I was serving them food, doing the dishes, cleaning up after them. 
And this isn't like a, oh, Rebecca's bragging on herself. That taught me what it looks like in today's world to be humble. Because I'm not better than those people. Do I live a life that is unfortunately more fortunate? Yes. But a lot of those people, I sat with so many of those people at Hub City Mission, and I heard their stories. And contrary to most people's belief, a lot of those people do not choose to be homeless. But it's because of life circumstances that they find themselves in these situations where they don't have money. They can't afford food. And it's not just homeless people that I encountered. It was single moms of five kids who just went, well, if I come here on Tuesdays so I can eat, so I'm not spending money on me so my kids can eat. It's way bigger than just mopping selfies. And we have people in the church that are like this. I don't know if you guys know this, but, well, there's me. <laughs> but Pastor Taylor is one of the most humble people that I know. And I have a picture of him. You guys might not know what that is. But when we were in the other auditorium, we would have these fake walls that we would put together with these cement buckets. And week after week, Taylor would move them. And before this picture was taken, we didn't think about using a hand truck. We would just, like, hulk them and, like, move them one by one. And some of you guys are in here, and some of you guys were, my, were like, youth leadership journey kids. And you guys had to move these. So you got a sweet taste of what that was like. Taylor is one of the people that I look to as a mentor on what it looks like to be humble. Because he would do this week in and week out. He would clean the vans after summer camp, after you guys destroy them. Painted a lot of the rooms that you see, along with interns, and that's Pastor Nate up there too, who took time out of their day to help paint different rooms in this building. It's not for the paycheck, guys. Because they care about what happens in these rooms in this building to go the extra mile. You already saw the picture of me and Pastor Josh during one of our many bathroom selfies because that's what Josh did was sneak up on you when you're cleaning and... Josh, the creator of the mopping selfies, is also a very humble person, though he jokes about it as scrub, he scrubs toilets and takes pictures of himself scrubbing said toilets. There's your example for the day. He really is a humble person because though this is a funny example of what he does or used to do on a daily basis, he cares about the community that he is serving. So much that he launched multiple community dinners. Don't know if you guys know that about Pastor Josh or Bethel Church as a whole. We have multiple community dinners that meet every Tuesday, serving the community that we live in. 
being humble isn't just not talking and not bragging about yourself. It's serving. It's saying I can sacrifice part of my day, part of my week, finances, whatever it is on your heart to do what God is asking me to do. Brandon talked about last week that sacrifices don't always lead to bad things. Sacrifices can lead to really good things. Like watching a young child light up because there's a craft table that you're serving at at a community dinner or that they you're just serving at a community dinner and they see another younger person because a lot of community dinners are older people. But when you guys show up, that makes the other young people that are at those dinners feel more comfortable. Jumping into verse 9, it says, Therefore, God elevated him to a place of the highest honor, referring to Jesus, and gave him the name above all names. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, in heaven and in earth, and under the earth, and every tongue declares that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We are a part of something so much bigger. So much bigger than just being here on a Wednesday, being a part of Bethel Youth Family, which is so awesome that you are here. It is so awesome being a part of this family. I know this from experience because I've been going to this church since I was 14. I used to be a lot of you guys sitting in these chairs, listening to the youth pastor or the guest speaker, going through the motions. It's so much bigger than just what happens in this room. You get to build relationships here and become comfortable with people that are here so that when school does start, you get to have people that you can look to in the hallways or send a text message out saying, hey, I'm really having a bad day. Can you pray for me? Or I'm really struggling in math class. Can you help me with my math homework? And know that, A, it's a trustworthy person, and B, that it doesn't just end with your math homework. When we live our lives for the Lord, he will honor that. It's just like we just read. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor. Now, we're not Jesus. And if you think you're Jesus, we can have a conversation later. But we're not. But when we humble ourselves, when we take part of the mission that Jesus has for us as a community and us or you individually, because I believe every person in this room has a call on their life that God wants to use you, whether it's in vocational ministry or being a doctor or being the first person to live on Mars. There's a call on your life. And God's going to honor that when you live your life for him. And no, it's probably not going to look like you have thousands and thousands of dollars. It's not going to be a bunch of riches here on earth. But I promise you the riches that we will experience in heaven are way better than any dollar amount you will ever receive here on earth. It's not going to be easy either. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say, oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. I just woke up one day, and I was like, you know what it's going to be? I'm going to live my life for the Lord, and it's going to be a cakewalk. It's not a cakewalk. I'll be transparent with you guys. It's not easy walking with the Lord all the time. Is it worth it? 1,000%. It will always be worth walking in step with the Lord. It will always be worth showing up on a Wednesday night, even though you're tired, even though you're grumpy, even though you're like, my mom just made me come tonight. Even if for some of you that are here, you're like, you know, I'm just here because the cute girl invited me or the cute boy invited me to come here. The Lord's going to use and honor the fact that you showed up. I'm going to use Tristan as an example. I didn't ask you, but I'm going to use you as an example. Tristan came here because he had a crush on my cousin. He did. It's the truth. But Tristan kept showing up even when my cousin stopped. And the Lord is using Tristan in big ways. If you don't know Tristan or you haven't heard Tristan's story, I'm just going to tell you, go to Tristan, hear his story. It's amazing. He's not going to brag on himself because he lives a very humble life as well. See, I can brag on other people. I just won't brag on myself. (laughs) But our big thought tonight is being humble brings deeper community. When we live humble lives, it allows others to see our truest selves. Because we're not putting on a mask. We're not doing a thousand filters on Snapchat, Instagram, whatever new app there is. It allows people to see who you truly are and not this image that you want everybody else to see. That's not being humble. Being humble is going on Snapchat or Instagram and saying, this is who I am. This is me with no makeup, no contacts in, my hair's a mess, whatever that looks like for you. It's not about, oh, I want to take a picture, so I'm going to spend, this is kind of aimed at the ladies, but I can't really relate to the guys. So it's not spending 45 minutes to do your hair and makeup to take one picture That's not, being, that's not living a humble life. I mean, hey, guys, if you spend 45 minutes on makeup, you go for it. I'm just saying that's more of a ladies thing here. I hear some giggles, so I felt like I needed to address it. But that's what Jesus did. Jesus walked the earth first, zero social media. But if Jesus walked the earth today, I feel like he would have those, like, Instagram accounts that, like, a bunch of people follow them, but, like, nobody follows him. You guys know those, like, Instagram accounts? But, like, they have a, I see it with celebrities. They have a bunch of followers, but they don't follow anybody back. Maybe? Okay. I feel like Jesus would just post his realist life of, like, man. We went, I went fishing with the disciples today and our nets broke, guys. We're like, man, my feet hurt. I don't have sandals today. 
Like, I, if Jesus was here with modern technology, he might not even have social media. He might just be like, you know what? I'm just going to walk around and do my, do my thing like we see in the Bible. Jesus wasn't afraid to show who he truly was. Jesus wasn't afraid to heal people, to pray for people. Jesus died on the cross because of his, him showing his truest self. And I'm not saying you guys have to die to make a point. That's not what I'm saying here. Don't take it out of context. I'm just saying Jesus did that. But I'm sure there's something in your life that for some of you may feel like it's the end of the world if you give it up. Or it's the end of the world if you are true about that. For some of you, it may be the end of the world to say, you know what? On Saturday, on the second and fourth Saturday of the month, I'm going to serve my community by showing up to the Hub City Mission. Some of you, that might be the end of the world. But I'm going to challenge you. Find that thing. Find that thing that is hard, that challenges you. to be the best person that you can be and the truest person that you can be. And that looks different for each and every one of us. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into our small groups to dive into just being humble. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word and your truth. I thank you for each and every person that was here that heard your message and hears your truth in it. And, Lord, I just pray over uh, small groups and the small group leaders that they will be able to lead the conversation in the direction that uh, you want it to go. And that students um, and leaders alike will just uh, know how you want them to humble themselves and what that looks like for their lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen.